Hello there and welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Me and my brother Joel had another conversation about Survivor 42 after episode two tonight. It was really fun. Uh, just a, a good a good Survivor episode. Uh, we were glad to get to, to talk about it together. Um, and uh, we also talked a little bit about March Madness. The NCAA tournament is here. It's happening tomorrow for me, probably today or has already started when you're listening to this. So that's exciting too. We love the season, college basketball, March. It's exciting times for all those student athletes out there in the totally pure, clean world of college sports where no dirty stuff goes down. Oh, oh yeah, I guess it does. But still, it's a really fun way to cap off a, a season. I mean, 68 teams, one tournament. How could you not want to watch at least five minutes of it? I know I'll probably watch at least five minutes of it. So it's exciting. Got got my final four picked out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I also want to touch on really quick the, the Tennessee Titans, man. Letting go of Jackrabbit Jenkins, Roger Saffold, Julio Jones. Titans got a lot of work to do. John Robinson, Titans GM, has a lot of work to do. Right now, we've got Caleb Farley, second-year corner, first-round draft pick, hardly played last year before tearing his ACL, and we're counting on this guy to likely start for us next year? I mean, it's hard to be a contender when you can't stop the pass. We learned that two years ago. I'm worried. I'm, I'm frankly quite worried about our corner situation. I'm worried about our offensive line. And obviously our quarterback situation isn't great, but it's what we got. So Tennessee Titans, it's almost draft time. I'm hoping for some, for some good picks, some hope. We don't have a second round pick. Why? Because we wasted it on a Julio Jones trade last year, which I so eloquently said we shouldn't do. But we did it anyways. And that's where we're at right now. Titans fans. I know it's a hopeful time. We've been good of late. We trust our leadership. But it's still hard to not be a little bit worried about what this next season could hold. So, anyways, now that all that gloom and doom is done, I hope you enjoy today's episode, Joel and I's conversation. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we talked about college basketball at the end. So, if that's what you're looking forward to, you should be able to find a place to skip ahead in the show notes so take care everybody hope you have a good one and i'll talk to you again soon bye Hello and welcome into the second episode of the 42nd season of Survivor. We are recapping it here. I am Joel Klinger. Across from me in Zoom is my brother Michael, and this is the Klingers Have Spoken podcast. Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Just watched uh, the episode of Survivor, episode two. Um, it was a typical second episode of Survivor, like nothing, nothing crazy happening here. Not much to see. They're going to try to make Tribal Council look like it's interesting, but honestly, it's not. So, episode two of Survivor, everybody. This might be a short podcast. Yeah. I mean, it was very standard, right? You had, you know, intro conversations, all that stuff. Like, because at the very beginnings of like the seasons, most tribes aren't just absolutely falling apart unless you're like Spencer's tribe and Kagayan. Like, you know, like the, the tribes are just like, oh, it sucks that we had to send somebody home, like, oh, it's cold, or oh, like, it's rainy, or like, you know, all, all these, all this, like, minor drama, um, and they, they have to stir it up and make it feel big, so they put in, like, character things and personality things, um, that we'll get into later in the episode, yeah, I thought it was a very, like, stereotypical second episode of Survivor, um, what, what they come back to is after Zach is, is voted off, um, Tori is like trying to figure out where she is in the tribe and Drea is thinking and I 
you know, you you have Drea. You like Drea, right? I like Drea. Drea I seems mean, to have like what's not to like. I don't I don't know that there's any players on the season that I exclusively yeah. dislike. I guess I which guess is by the like, point. I mean, I guess by like I mean you think that she has a chance. Like she has a good head for the game. Like she's you know with it. Um, and she starts trying to make like a girls alliance and all that stuff. And I thought that that was probably the most interesting part. One of the more interesting parts of the whole episodes was, you know, blue trying to figure out where they were because Drea has got her foot in both camps with Romeo and rocks, but also with the girls. And, uh, one thing I did love to see was Swati saying, maybe we should just get Dre out. Like, what do we, what do we think? How are we feeling? And she also had like the brains to say like, well, I want to know what you think. I don't want this to be like me putting my, her name out there myself. I was, I was very happy to see Swati get in the game, like as like a real player today. Yeah. Well, um, tell me if this resonates. So last week I said that Tori reminds me of Angelina. And so this week I'll pose this. Which former Survivor player do you think Swati reminds me of? I don't know. Are, are you which season? Okay, tell me which season. Survivor South Pacific. I don't know. Sophie. Sophie really? Clark. She reminds me of Sophie because I think she's like okay with flying under the radar. And just moving votes to what's best for her all along the way until she wins. Because, like, I think she's definitely thinking, but, like, I don't see Swati as, like, going around trying to, like, take over the game at any point. I think she's just down to play the best game and get to the end with people that she can beat. And kind of understated, like, isn't going to be the biggest personality on the season. Doesn't want to be because that's going to draw a target on her that she doesn't want. And so I kind of, just the way that she, it was very clear that she's very in the game and thinking the game, and she is going to have the social relational equity to move votes, I think, because she seems like she'll be a level-headed person that other players can connect with easily. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean just from the first two episodes i would say if we fast forward and she's in the fi- in, in the final three and one of the other people that's with her is tori i would say she has a pretty awesome shot of winning <laughs> you know um maybe she sees tori as like an erratic person that no one will vote for but can be her ally um which is useful as long as it doesn't you know burn you i guess along the way um very interesting. I hope that works out for her. I like I like Swati. I love Sophie. Sophie is one of my favorite. I love Sophie. I watched her. I watched Winners of War before I watched South Pacific. Ah, uh, like it. I was just like, so this Sophie girl is like pretty freaking awesome. And then I went back and watched it. Yeah, I love Sophie. So, um, that's Blue Tribe. That's like that's about all we saw. I feel like from Blue Tribe. Um into the personal things like this is just like second episode things where you have high being a vegan and choosing to eat the crab um what were your thoughts on on that situation um because like i feel like there you know there's there's a spectrum i guess of this which it's like you have like really vegan pita people that may be like i can't believe i can't believe this like are you are you freaking kidding me right now but then you have like or like you say, I call them like maybe like a fake vegan, and then you have like the carnivores among us who are like, just eat the crap. Like this is not a big deal. And I'm somewhere in the middle, you know. Like I I understand what he's going through, and this seems pretty like maybe like a personal tough decision. But um, yeah, I mean that just was what it was. I thought it was a dumb storyline. Like I don't know why <laughs> why we had to see that. Well, I'm, I mean, I, I it was they it, were like, just searching. who cares? I don't care about that. Like like why like. That was so dumb. That's so like, <laughs> I don't get like, you know, I've, I don't get being vegan. So I'll just put that out there. I have no ill will towards vegans, but like, okay. Why is this a whole scene? Like, 
I just didn't. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I think, I think there's, you know, they, in other episodes, this would not have come up, but in this episode, it came up because they have 40 minutes to fill and they probably had about 15 minutes worth of absolutely necessary content and they had to fill the other 25 and they put it up there. And I mean, I, I get the dilemma. Um, just not, uh, I don't, you know, I don't need to see it, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's my thing, I guess. And I, I like uh, Kai. I like him. I just like, mm-hmm. I just don't know why that was a, a five minutes of the show tonight. I mean, yeah. we, they could have showed Mike looking around for the idol that he lost for 10 minutes and it, I would have loved it. To be fair. They did show him re-looking for the idol for about two minutes. <laughs> That's what I'm um, saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's the that's what was happening in Green Tribe. Am I missing anything? Oh, or, or yeah, it's Green Tribe. I guess I guess there was one other thing that happened. Mike does find the beware advantage with Green Tribe. Uh, loses the beware advantage. And it didn't, like, maybe I wasn't following correctly, but he told Jenny he straight up had an immunity idol, right? Well, he, um, I think he explained the dilemma of the, of the idol to her. That's why he told her. And my, like, I don't know what Mike is doing. He's not, like, he is not, not doing a good job at being on Survivor as a, as a player right now. As a character, he's doing a great job. But as a player, like, what... What are you doing out there, dude? Like, you, you. I mean, I did, I did say I was to Madeline when we were watching. I was like, I was like, I'm surprised this has not happened until now. I've wondered, like, has anyone ever like misplaced it? You know, people like rebury stuff, and how do they find it again? Do they always find it again? And so I, th- that was entertaining to me. But then the first thing he does is he tells uh, Jenny and uh, Daniel, and it's like, he was like, well, and then Daniel convinced him not to even say the phrase, which like, Mm -hmm. if you don't tell anyone what it is, you say a phrase, no one thinks anything of it, especially on season 42. Like, no one's going to think anything about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think like, it was weird for him to choose Daniel because there's like that tribe, like I split up in the first episode, there's like three sets of two. There's Jenny and Mike. So he tells Jenny, that's not shocking. Jenny's like the one that he knows is with. And then there's hi and Lydia. And then there's Daniel and Chanel. And of course Daniel goes and tells Chanel. I mean, if Mike really thinks that Daniel is smart, but he doesn't have like that type of relationship with him. It's to Daniel's best interest to just, you know, do whatever he wants with that information. It's not, it's not necessarily something that he's going to like hold to Mike and be like, yeah, I'll help you. Like, sure. You know, like that's no, like he's just going to do whatever, whatever he feels like in the moment. Um, yeah. So Mike is just uh, not not on one today. Yeah, uh, and I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I kind of I said this last week, but watching them play with the same advantages, but they're different people, so they're it's going to come out differently. Like that's not a thing that happened on Survivor last season, where someone was like trying to convince someone that they should not even say the phrase at all. You know, right. it was like, oh, well, we know what the phrase means and we can use that this way or we can like convince them that they shouldn't open it because we know what it is. But there was never any like, you have it, just don't say the phrase because you're safe, which you're not safe, Mike. You need to say the <laughs> phrase, especially because you, you don't have a vote. Like you don't yeah. have a vote until all the phrases are said, so you need to initiate that. I feel like the hope there is, it, somebody says another another tribe says the phrase, and then you can say your phrase. Um, but he, yeah, he did say like a blanket saying he's like, I'm just not going to say it today. There's no point, and it's like there I is die. a point. You don't have a vote. <laughs> 
you don't have a vote you don't have a vote and you don't you don't have an idol <laughs> like you have neither you're you're disadvantaged more than anyone else in the game right now um yeah so that was that was interesting also the soccer one what do we think of the phrase how do we grade the phrase compared to uh goats on astroturf it makes I thought me it cry. Was... I thought I thought the second sentence was a bit much. The first sentence was like, okay, like the like uh, beauty of soccer or whatever. I, I didn't think it was weird enough personally. I mm. didn't think it was weird enough. Like, like, well, and the way Mike was talking about it, it didn't even seem to me like he thought it's something I can just bring up casually. He was like, I have to say it like out of nowhere. And it's like, dude, like, think about this is a phrase like you could bring up before any challenge, basically, when Jeff explains a challenge and you're like, you can be like, oh, this reminds me of soccer because this, this and this Uh, soccer makes me cry or whatever the statement is like, that's so easy to do, but he's not even thinking about that far. So that's funny. Yeah. Um, that's yeah that was i like i like i'll I'll probably give the phrase like a a five out of ten i would say it was very average um i like i think that the i think that the uh goat on astroturf is like the ceiling like that's a 10 for me right now and then uh yeah like the broccoli's probably at the bottom right who was the who was the guy that said broccoli on the green truck brad okay so mike reminds me a lot of brad because brad came in and he was just like I'm going to shoot like everybody straight and I'm going to sneak around and like do things around camp. Um, and he doesn't really have the greatest social game. And Mike is the exact same way. I feel like there's just this stereotype of like an older guy that's just trying to help out around a camp, be a solid. And then, you know, struggles and everything else. Right? Um, actually it's funny that you bring up Brad because a friend of a friend actually met Brad in some national park out west like today or yesterday or something like that wow so that's kind of funny random that's fun yeah he does seem like a guy that would be in a national park out west though he lives out Um, west so yeah from wyoming right yeah something like that um anything else from green tribe today oh okay we'll get into it in the challenge and then we'll come back uh so before we before we go into the challenge, I want to break down this orange tribe. They basically, I think, I think, so I picked Omar to win last week, right? Is it Omar or is it Omer? I think everyone's saying Omer on the show. Oh. Oh, I've been pronouncing his name wrong. I was too until tonight when a bunch of people said Omer. Oh, okay. So Omer, and he, he comes out and he says, guys, like, I'm not looking for idols. I'm a Muslim. Like, you know, like I'll be praying and stuff like that. Which was that like the first like televised like Muslim moment in Survivor? I think so. I don't remember that ever happening before. I mean, I cuz unless it happened on like a really early season, which it definitely wouldn't have. Right. I would like Survivor I don't remember that. Like right after like around 2001, right? Like, and then, and then to get here, I feel like we have seen like really one of the only, we may have seen like a couple Buddhists maybe, but it's just been Christianity for like the long time being like the religious people that Christianity like, you know, bring the or, or like vague spiritual, a lot of like vague yogi spirituality. Yes. That guy, the no collar guy from, uh, uh, oh, no, we don't talk about Joe. No, not Joe. The other guy, Vince, is that his name? Vince. He was he had like a feather in his hair. It was like he oh, was like Yeah. Oh that dude was that dude was nuts. Um, yeah, we I don't even I skipped that season on my rewatch. That's how much <laughs> I don't care about that season. Um yeah, so like I I was kinda happy to see some other religion. It's like, oh cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a Muslim. Cool. Um and uh I love that Lindsay was like well, I'm a Jew, but I'm like a bad Jew. <laughs> so, so like, don't ask me any questions. You probably know more than I do. I thought that was, I thought that was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that link, so Jonathan appears pretty well 
in play with his social game, even though he's built like a Greek god, which is not normal for Greek gods to have a good social game. He feels like he has a strong connection with Omer. He has a strong connection with Lindsay. And then like kind of a connection with Marianne and then Mariah. Right. Um, so yeah, that was, that was interesting. Like I, do you think that there's any chance that Marianne is not the next one voted out of that tribe? Yeah, I think there's a chance, but it's not a likely chance. Cause I feel like, uh, that one girl is, is tight with Jonathan. So, and Jonathan and Omer are tight. They're, yeah. they're, I don't know. I mean, there's a, anything can happen. If she finds an um, idol and it gets activated or something like that, you know, maybe. But if I was them, I would have voted her out tonight, honestly. Like, I would have <laughs> definitely kept Mariah over her. Like, she is too much. Mariah is is literally your vote forever. She will be loyal and she would not have swayed. And like, she's not a dislikable person. Like she's not a negative socially. She's just like, she's going to be on your team and she's not going to make people mad. What more can you ask for? Well, I think that their problem was they may lose challenges more with Mar- Mariah than Marianne. And but, I mean, we literally, we spent minutes talking about this last week and you said, Mariah can't do anything. So it's like, I feel like that was probably where their mindset as was. I, I wouldn't really want to bring either Mariah or Marianne to the merge, because I feel like that's just weighing you down, um, either way. But yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. Like, in my opinion, like you can just vote out Mariah next time if you lose again. Well, you could do the exact same with Marianne correct yeah but that's what i'm saying like if we don't lose i'd rather have mariah than marianne so but that's what i'm saying then i guess the question becomes would you rather have four people including marianne or three people they're not gonna not lose just because they have marianne on their tribe i think that there's that's a possibility i think that i mean marianne is young she seems like she's capable in challenges and Mariah's just not I mean dude it's not like they got crushed because of Mariah today they lost by like half a second so like I don't think that having Marianne versus Mariah is gonna like make or break their tribe forever I would I would definitely vote like because especially like they didn't watch 41 if I'm in their shoes I'm also anticipating a tribe swap which could happen on 42, even though it didn't happen on 41. If there's a tribe swap, I definitely would rather have Mariah than Marianne. Mariah's with me. If we get swapped on the same tribe, Mariah's voting with me, period. Well, Marianne is with them. You know, like, I I don't feel like they think that Marianne has a thing against them. Also, they just kept Marianne. Like, they kept Marianne over someone else. I think that plays a part, right? You know, that Marianne's probably thinking... I can trust these guys. Like, you know, I, I was in on it the whole time. They were like, I think we're going to do Marianne. I mean, Mariah. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then they voted out Mariah. So I feel like there's a boost there. Also just camp life reasons. I would have voted Marianne out. (laughs) I mean, we talked about that wailing last week. Her laughing is way too much. All right. Let's take a few minutes and break down all the, all the personality things that Marianne did this week. Okay. Um, the swinging of the, the hatchet or the ax or whatever, cutting, cutting the, that was kind of funny. That was actually really funny. She was like whipping that thing in there. She's like, you know, um, and she turned her body more on that than I do on my golf swing. (laughs) Um, but like, I would like to have that kind of work around camp. Right. You know, she, she gets the job done. She works hard. Um, I also okay. would have been doing her a favor by letting her go and meet Zach at Ponderosa. <laughs> that's, that's, I would have been like, you know what? You're a good kid. You're not, I'm not down with you for the long haul in our tribe, but you know, at least you get to hang out with Zach now. 
Do the first losers hang out at Ponderosa or do they just go home? No, they they go to Ponderosa until the merge or until the mm-hmm. jury starts and then they go on a trip. They go on vacation oh. with everyone until the end of oh. filming so that when they go home it's not a dead giveaway that they are voted out pre-merge. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, Sandra um, is often sharing pictures on Twitter of throwbacks to the pre-jury trip uh, from Game Changers. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> they had a big old time. <laughs> I'll have to go look that up. Um, okay, so, yeah. So Marianne, all these things, she's got like a praying mantis on her hand and is like, putting it in people's faces. Not a fan of that. That would kind of get frustrating and old. Um, they go to the challenge and she professes her, her love or, uh, lust for Zach crush. (laughs) Yeah. Her crush, her crush on Zach. And, and then she confesses that she's been, she has a rejection rate of a hundred percent. Um, okay. Don't so say I like, that on Survivor. You know Jeff yeah. is going to bring that up like every time he sees you from now on if you bring that up. Exactly. Like if this was going to be like a later reunion, 100% Jeff would have been like, so Marianne, like have you like been dating, you know, like and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, like don't say that. Okay, like I, you know, my dating record isn't great and I have said as much, but I also didn't say it in front of 15 complete strangers play a game worth a million dollars where my social game was on the line in front of Jeff Probst and a bunch of producers and most importantly in front of millions of viewers sitting at home on national television just like this girl doesn't have a filter any thought that comes in her brain is just like plastered all over the place I mean that's that's why she's got cast for the show they don't cast yeah. people like us on the show <laughs> because we're regular people who don't overshare. We don't have crazy <laughs> stories. We're just regular people who watch crazy people on TV and talk about them. That's what we are. So they only cast people. That's why she got cast because she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can you can kind of read like maybe they're not looking for crazy but they're looking for some personality quirkiness in their interviews and i mean i would love to see like marianne's audition tape and her interviews because it's probably exactly what we're seeing now maybe like tamped down like a little bit you know um no i'm sure her her i feel like your audition tape and your interviews are like crazier than what you actually are on the show because actually on the show you're trying to play a social game when when you're going through auditions and interviews you're just trying to get cast so you're trying to appear as much of a character as possible hmm i don't know well that's what i would do survivor just release that for us we'd like we'd like to see that um they really should so, release everyone's audition tape after they're on the show. Yeah, didn't I think Adam Klein posted his um yeah. on Twitter or something like with his mom. Um uh, yeah, that would be sick cuz then it's like, "Oh, that's what got on Survivor." But I feel like that's probably why they don't release them, I guess. Um so we go through the challenge uh and Lydia just like whips them like she's like she like gets her tribe to come back all the way just a little waitress from last to first in the puzzle like good for lydia so i so i watched it late because i was at work and uh i made the mistake of getting on twitter at like 7 45 no bro and i started i started seeing like lydia tweet because i follow lydia now and I started seeing all these people tweet about Lydia and I was expecting her to have like a major move in like tribal. And it was like, no, she just like told the people like what to do in the challenge, but she just has a large Twitter presence. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's got that. She's a young person. She knows how to do Twitter correctly. You know, I don't see rocks getting on Twitter and uh, making up a storm. 
Lydia's Twitter. I mean, she's like everyone knows some like quirky girl in their mid twenties who has a Twitter account who has like a weird name. Like Lydia's mm-hmm. Twitter name is Lydia Chlamydia. And so like yeah. they have like a weird all lowercase name and they just send like weird quirky girl tweets. Everyone has a friend like that. That's just who Lydia is. And so mm-hmm. now she has this huge Twitter following because she's on Survivor. Facts. Facts. Question. Okay, sidebar. That type of Twitter account, do we like the changing names? Do we like that kind of showing of their personality? Uh, there are pros and cons in my mind. I mean, if it's who you are authentically, it works. If you're just doing it to be cool or like be trendy or like some some girls and women and men are quirky. Some people try to be quirky so that they'll be cool because quirky is in. I actually don't know if it's still in, but it was in for quite a while. So that's a different. If you're doing it out of an authentic quirkiness, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I I like I think it's funny, but a lot of times I'm scrolling through Twitter and you know, there's one person that I follow that I know it's him, but his name I hope he feels comfortable if he's saying this, but his name is Bubble Grunge Enjoyer. And I know who that is, but I see like ten typed ten names like that. And I have to do the mental gymnastics of like, who is this person? that is retweeting this or who is this person that is liking it and sometimes they don't even have a picture of their face i have to like click on it and be like who who are you and sometimes i still can't figure it out and and it's like i followed this person like three years ago when they were by their name they had a picture of their face and now they're just it's like a picture of a cartoon with like some random phrase that no one else. all these people love anime too what are we gonna do I'd like to see a statistic on that, like anime watchers and like percentage of like Twitter like names being not their name. Okay, um, way more people watch anime than you would think. That's one thing yeah. I think I've learned. I've never watched it, so I guess I just assumed the community wasn't as big. It's a huge thing. Anime is like bigger than like similarly to K-pop. It is like bigger than like reality tv like it's bigger Mm -hmm. than all sorts of stuff that we you know uh regular whites enjoy there's a lot of a lot of people into anime yeah yeah uh i because i feel like anime is kind of in now and it wasn't for the longest time but people like grew up watching it you know like the some children's shows like Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon those are anime but they're like they're like kids shows but some people see those shows and they're like they're like, oh my god! Like, I need, I need like more. I love this kind of setting. Like, I love all this stuff. And then they get really into it with all these Japanese shows. And and uh, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like what the name of that one is. I don't know. Naruto. I, I, there's one. No, not Naruto. Like an actual anime. Dragon Ball I, Z. I, I, no. <laughs> no. Yu-Gi-Oh, um, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, and Naruto are gateway anime shows. That yes. we experienced growing up, and some people they just kept rolling with the anime train, and some of mm-hmm. us didn't. And now Avatar. anime is a huge thing. Avatar: yes. Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's something that's. Uh, it's. I guess it's cool that it's cool now, right? Uh, that people. Can I mean, watch it and it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch it, but I'm happy for people. I'm happy if it. you enjoy that's that. That's great. Yeah. Okay, okay. From anime, from Twitter accounts, back to Survivor. Okay, uh, yeah. The Orange Tribe loses. We talked about Marianne versus Mariah. Um, the second shot in the dark was played, though. The second one. I want someone to be safe on a shot in the dark Seriously. so bad. Okay, so like the the odds are that we are likely to get one soon um no actually it's actually the odds are one in six that we will correct. see one next time it's played correct but throughout 
say there's there's six throughout the whole thing, the odds of getting one are better than half throughout those six. That doesn't mean that it will happen. Um, you know, it's this idea of like you're due, right? A shooter's like due to make one because he's missed three in a row. But but Joel, you spent years explaining to me that that's not true, and that so, a shooter is still thirty three percent chance of hitting their next shot because they're a 33% shooter. That is correct. But let's say let's say we're two seasons down the road and 10 people have played their shot in the dark. The odds of no one getting it in that time frame are not very good. So in the terms of like the grand scheme of things, the odds are like fairly decent that we will get one in six tries but in terms of the next one yes it's still one in six if that makes sense so like so like what is in the past is in the past but all these all these percent chances like you know you think of march you think of a 16 is never going to be to one and then they did because they had to play like hundreds of games to get there but eventually somebody beat the odds and one of these days one of those dice is going to beat the odds but okay here's my question they don't show like the shot in the darks. Like they don't show like the dice, right? So what's stopping the producers from saying, you put this thing in there and then we're going to decide whether you're safe or not. Um, other than integrity, nothing is stopping them. Um, <laughs> okay. So wasn't it different tonight in the past? Isn't the shot in the dark? Like they unfold it from their seat. Yeah. And then Jeff unfolded this. And I, well, did she go up Mar- and hand it to him and she didn't have to? She did um, because he was like, is anybody going to play any advantage or anything? And she just like immediately pulled it out and walked. Like Jeff didn't say, bring it to me. Jeff didn't say anything. Like she just walked. I mean, and it I makes mean, sense. That's what I would probably do too. Like if I didn't know any yeah. better. There seems like a more gravitas when Jeff, you know, has it. Um. So, yeah, that you're right. You're right. I did notice that too. Um, but Mariah goes home, uh, and yeah, that was the whole thing. It was super cordial. Like they were like, "Love you, girl." Mariah was like, "Bring it home," you know, just like, yeah, you know, none of these tribals, no, no birds, you know, flying around, no, uh, nothing like that. Just, uh, just nothing but love, you know. That's uh just a classic second boot, you know. For sure. Like for sure. Not like you don't have the shame of a first boot, so you're not as mad. But like there you don't know these people, it's not nearly as personal. It's just like cool. I I was on Survivor, I guess. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I get to go to Ponderosa and eat me and eat a food and and go Like on you didn't even get close enough to sniff even being on the jury. So like, you know, how mad can you be? Yeah. Um, in terms of looking forward to the next episode, not a lot of great things. Marianne said bait and switched. Um, I think that could be one of two things in my mind. It could be one of a million things in reality. But in my mind, I don't think it's, it could be her realizing that she was almost voted out. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's her finding the beware advantage, you know? Yes. Because that is a bait and switch. I think it, it is that as well. You open it. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking looked- Tori, Marianne, and Mike will have the beware advantages? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the next challenge jeff was like this has never happened we've never done this in survivor history and it's like it's getting to like it's getting to like uh you know in the bachelor when chris harrison like opens up on like the finale and he's like and this has been the most dramatic season of the bachelor yet you mean and it's like bro you mean jesse palmer opens up the season finale of the bachelor oops (laughs) yeah yeah um, I haven't seen I haven't seen the show since Jesse Palmer came on. I, I heard the finale was tonight. Did you watch it? Yeah, it was uh, last. Well, it was the last two nights. Gotcha. Yeah. Is it good? Is it a good season? 
No, it was not a good season. <laughs> it it was boring, and I I watched it at the beginning of the season and the end of the season. But I, Madeline watched all the episodes. I I missed a week or two in the middle. So, and I, I'm not, I wasn't like, oh, I got to catch up. Like I was like, no, nah, I don't care. It's two hours a week. And then at the end, it's four hours a week. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's way too yeah. much. It's like a whole, it's a whole day, a season. Yeah. 24 hours. Um, but anyways, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So we probably think Marianne's going to find a bit where advantage and, uh, I think probably in the challenge, it may be like two of the tribes like can't complete it. Yeah, or a it portion like of it like, they like can't do. It looks like Rox is like low key drowning. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. That's what happens when you cast regular people once again. <laughs> You're not casting yeah. like the Aussies and. The, you know, superheroes out there. You can't cast Romeo and still have Joe level challenges, right? You, you yeah. can't do that. Um, yeah, that was that was the whole second episode. It's a pretty simple episode. We got a little bit off track, but hey, it's our podcast. Pretty standard so. episode of Survivor. Yeah, you not know like what? A, you know not what? Terrible, like entertaining, but yeah. It was over, and I wasn't like, man, I wish we had more there. <laughs> At no point did my heart rate raise 20 beats, right? No. You know, it's just flatline. No, and um, as soon as uh, as soon as Marianne gets up, I mean, um, as soon as uh, Mariah gets up to play the shot in the dark, you kind of know Marianne's probably not getting any votes, and that it, they just made it look... Like it was a lot closer decision than it was in reality. And I think if we see a shot in the dark played, that's what we can expect from now on. Just because I feel like most players will only play the shot in the dark if they know they're, they're screwed. Cause you're also giving up your vote to play it. So yeah. Um, I got to do before we go, I do have to give you props. You said Mariah was not going to make the merge. Mariah did not make the merge. Congratulations, Michael. Well done. Yes. How'd you do it? Yes. I watched one episode of Survivor and then just gave an opinion about someone who I could remember their name. Wow. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's how I did just it. Brilliant. Love the analysis. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll be back next week. But, Michael, I do want to talk to you about something else that's happening this week. Do you know what I'm talking about? Talking about... March Madness. I was wondering if you wanted to do this at the beginning of like, just do a, like a, a segment at the beginning of the podcast. I, no, I, I, I could talk about March Madness anytime. That's fine. Uh, yeah. March Madness is this week and for the next two weeks as well. And, uh, it's fun. I'm actually watching a game records, Notre Dame's in double overtime right now. So that's exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's something I look forward to every year. Who do you got winning the whole thing? I've got Gonzaga winning the whole thing. I'm really going Ooh. out on a limb here. Gonzaga. Picking, hey, they never won it. You know, Picking a number one seed to win. I'm also picking uh, Tennessee to go to the Elite Eight. I'm picking uh, Loyola Chicago to win a game. You can't, you can't have an NCAA tournament and not pick Loyola Chicago to win a game. Nah, Rambler's going to ramble, bro. Um, I'm not sure what that means, but okay. That's their name. They're the Loyal Chicago Ramblers. So they're just, bl- they're, they're ram- they ramble. So I think that my final four is Kansas, Gonzaga, Illinois, and is Kansas from the bottom right? Yeah, you're looking from the bottom left. Kentucky? Do you have Kentucky in? No, I don't have Kentucky. UCLA, Baylor? No, no. Purdue? Purdue. I have Purdue, Illinois, Kansas, and Gonzaga in my final four. I have uh, Texas Tech. I have Tennessee, Kansas, and UCLA. 
That was my final four. You know, I I thought about putting some SEC teams farther, but they actually have a pretty bad record uh, outside of their home gyms. Uh, did you know this? It's what I heard on online. Um, yeah, but I don't really, I don't give too much credence to that. I guess like Kentucky, see Kentucky played Notre Dame, not in Rupp and they lost, right? Notre Dame's playing a playing game. Notre Dame shouldn't be in the tournament. First off, I made a whole algorithm about it and Notre Dame sucks. It should be boo Notre Dame. Notre Dame sucks. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's true, but I guess I just believe in Tennessee. I actually have Kentucky losing to Murray State in the second round, so. I, wow. I honestly, the battle for Kentucky. Think, the bluegrass challenge. Ha- yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but I can't not pick it as like a, a, a as me, as Joel Klinger. Like, I can't, I can't personally see Murray State play Kentucky and not pick Murray State. Like, that's, that would be awesome. So. so I think the biggest upset that I picked in round one is Vermont over Arkansas. Okay. I think that's yeah. the that's a thirteen over four, I believe. Yes, it is. I I picked a fifteen over two. I picked uh Cal State Fullerton over Duke. So See, we'll see. I also picked Duke to make an earlier exit than expected. But I think I had them losing to Michigan State or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very out on Duke. The whole ACC, the whole ACC can go die. They're weak this year, man. Don't pick the ACC, okay? Um, if you don't know what that is, then just Duke, North Carolina. Don't pick them. I think it's time um, for me to start listening to the Titus and Tate podcast again because I haven't. I, they're normally my, my go-to college basketball podcast, and I haven't listened to them in, in a year. So maybe I should uh, refresh the feed a little bit here. What is the Titus and Tate podcast? It's uh, these two guys that used to work for The Ringer. Uh, Mark Titus, who um, he was a walk-on on Ohio State's national championship team with Greg Oden and Mike Conley. Um, Dude, we saw them. He wrote a book called uh what's that book called put me in or don't it's called don't put me in coach that's a Mm. book uh that he wrote but they used to work uh they used to be ringer guys tate frazier was the first producer on bill simmons podcast on the ringer so um he was the first ringer employee ever but now they work for fox fox um, as I'm sure is paying them a lot more money. Um, but yeah, their podcast is Titus and Tate. Uh, they also do some stuff on like FS1, I think during college basketball season, they're really, they're really entertaining guys. They're fun. Uh, Titus is a huge Ohio state Homer and Tate is a huge UNC Homer, but it's fun, fun, yeah, fun. Listen, I haven't found any other like college basketball, podcasters that i that i like so yeah we should just start one and say we're experts and then we could probably be just as good as anybody else i don't know i don't know anything about college basketball there's way too many teams for anyone to know a lot about every you know there's 317 teams or something like that you got to pick a conference or some subsection of of teams yeah you got to pick mid-majors or like SEC top 25 or right something yeah yeah um so that's what I'll be doing if you want to come over to my house and watch the game I have a projector I'll have four screens it's pretty sick um so yeah if you, if you want the address just so uh, you don't want to play golf tomorrow no I have to work tomorrow too so uh-huh. I'm missing the I'm see that's what's upsetting I'm missing the first like section of games because I have to like make money that's so stupid. Like I literally, I used to fake sick so I could watch the tournament. I remember I faked sick on a Friday and I watched UNC Asheville as a 16 seed almost beat Syracuse as a one seed. It was one of the happiest days of my life. I don't regret lying. You know, I'm not a huge lie supporter, but that was worth it. That was awesome. Well, so. dude, in high school, the teachers would turn the game on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to skip school. Well, only some of them though. Like only like 
if you if it was like the day before spring break and it was like the correct it was like the football coach english teacher or something like that right um so i i didn't want to risk it so i just i just faked it and stayed home because i am i'm a little sneaky i'm i'm uh you know in high school they called me a bad boy because you know i would do i would do bad things because i'm rough like that so yeah that's exciting so yeah if you want to come over message me if you want to join a bracket group just shout out to us uh and we'll uh figure it out you want to uh if you listen to this podcast and want to join the back bracket group you better reach out right now right this second because the <laughs> tournament's gonna start <laughs> at like 11 a.m tomorrow morning and this podcast isn't gonna go up until like midnight so sorry good luck yeah um yeah so anyway anything else to add michael not really it's gonna be a good season i think me thinks my dark horse daniel yeah i did okay i did write down a quote that he said he said i i'm in a great position because i have all the knowledge but none of the penalty there you go that was that was smart smart thinking yeah pop that shoulder in this guy's neurons connecting we'll see we'll see how it goes um that was episode two for michael klinger i'm joel klinger and the klingers have spoken see ya Thank you.